Testing. 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 Welcome back to the Bloom and Grow podcast, everyone. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. We are the Bloom and Grow podcast. We're so happy you are listening today. Yeah. Hi, friends. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Y'all, Gabby Dunstead in the world got herself her own mic. Yeah, big things are going. <laughs> it took a long time to get to this point, but we're finally we're here. We're taking things more seriously. And we're here. Yes. Um, you can thank Jay for that. If you listened to our first episode of this new season, it was all about procrastination and the stop trying to stop. What am I saying? It's all about stopping the delay of what you feel that you have been, you know, called, called to do to by me. God. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so happy Black History Month. It's February 1st. Well, when we're recording this, yeah. but... Yeah, happy Black History Month. It's going to be February. It is February. It's going to be February. I see it's in the realm of the spirit. I'm dead. Um, yeah, happy Black History Month. You know, I think it's important that as Black people, we, you know, celebrate who we are, especially like for us, we have heritage in Jamaica and our, just our culture and reflect on, you know, that and everything. Yeah, we never really... Well, I, let me speak for myself. I never used to take it seriously. I just kind of like brushed it off. And obviously we know it really is a, an American holiday that I think black people around the world have just adopted and tried to celebrate in different countries. But um, I think everything that's happened in the past few years, like even with all of the racial discord that's happened um in the states and like we've done a lot of thinking a lot of praying and i think after that for me anyway i am so much more grateful for being able to have the opportunity to not be a slave (laughs) let's put it that way and Mm, you know i think so many times like this is something that like even as christians when we we forget what god has done for us like i think as humans it's just so easy for us to forget things and you can forget like slavery wasn't that long ago and in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. like literally our grandparents and great-grandparents were under the influence of immense racial division Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and you know even some of our great-great-grandparents or great-grandparents were like servants or slaves so it's not that far removed and i'm just grateful i get to live in this time where I have access to a lot of things that I know um, a lot of my family did not have access to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have said it better. And also it's a nice time to reflect to if you're not black and even if you are black on how we can, you know, continue to progress and do better Mm -hmm. and move forward um, and just make sure that, you know, we honor the black community that they're represented. If you're in a place of, leadership or business that you kind of represent the full spectrum of people and that you know black voices are have a seat at the decision making table or are represented in what you do so Mm -hmm. it's a great time to reflect yeah and also just to celebrate and diversity to Mm -hmm. love on all Mm -hmm. people really Mm -hmm. like this month yes 
focused on uh, like black people, but mm-hmm. it's just like a, another reminder that like all people are valuable. All people mm-hmm. deserve love and respect. Mm-hmm. And, and don't like discredit people's mm-hmm. experience. Like just because you may not have seen something or like experienced something does not mean that it doesn't still exist. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean- Don't rob people of their truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so like- It sounds <laughs> super trendy, age. but- yeah, it's I that's a big pet peeve of mine, but we're not even gonna go into that conversation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. celebrate each other and celebrate diversity, like every minority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it wasn't that long ago when like some really bad stuff were happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, like Jay just said, you know, it's nice if you're black for the world like you shouldn't wait till february for you to believe that black is beautiful but Mm -hmm. it's a good reminder um and you can also do introspection if you are black or a person of color do you believe that to be true and if not Mm -hmm. what what are the experiences that caused you to think less than yourself and really work to build that self-love so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm because yeah god created you fearfully and wonderfully made in your black skin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. be proud of it amen we recognize that not all of our listeners are black, but we, you know, started the episode. It is Black History Month, so happy Black History Month. And we are black. So. And we are black, so <laughs> if you can tell. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. There we um, go. Has it been five minutes? I know we had started this season wanting to have five minutes before um, each episode, kind of just doing a little bit of a... To talk about, like... call it? I don't remember. Or maybe we haven't come up with a name yet, but just to talk about the blooming current Girl topics. breakdown. Oh, thinking of a okay. current topic, I don't know if you guys. This one's kind of a huge jump and a bit more heavy, but I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, that Miss USA, uh, female. Her name is Chesley. Chess, Chess, Chelsea. Chesley. <laughs> it's spelled Chelsea, but the S comes before the L. So C H E S L I E. Yeah, I saw. She committed suicide. Um, and I think a lot of people were shocked. And I, that example is just really echoes what I always say. Like, one, social media is fake. I say that because the day she committed suicide, she posted, like, the selfie. She, like, may find, may today bring you so much joy and peace. And it was, like, all Mm -mm, hearts. That's not what it said. May today bring you peace. Rest in peace. Kind of, like, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace with hearts and stuff. And, like, I maybe that was was her goodbye. Yeah, her goodbye, you know? But it's, like, people commenting, like, you're so beautiful. Like, so beautiful. Like, you know, like, it's just so sad. And then the next day, she jumped off a building and killed herself. Um, and I think it got people talking for many reasons. One, she was a lawyer who took on pro bono cases in New York City. She was Miss USA, like I said. And then she also worked with um, Extra TV and Express, like the clothing company. And so people were having their different opinions. And one person was just saying that this just shows that, like, as a society, we own we seems like if people are successful, it's like why well, you're shocked when mm-hmm. these sort of things happen. Um, I can't find it now. Or maybe actually I'm able to. Sorry. While you find it, like this just stresses the importance of really reaching out to people and not judging people based on what you perceive their life is or is not. And like it's it's kind of shocking to me that this in this day of age, this day and age when mental illness is so talked about that we still have this perception that if your life has good things, you can't be depressed or you can't commit suicide. Like we don't we're not as shocked if someone commits suicide when like 
everything that you see looks bad, mm-hmm. but that's just not how it works. And we've had this conversation in our, you can listen to our depression podcast, but it, Pod- episode. sorry, <laughs> Gabby always corrects us. I'm every sorry. time we say podcast, we do mean <laughs> our, episode. De- our depression episodes. Um, but it really, and I've, I've literally been on the other end of this where people are like, Oh, like you have this, this and that, like, like Why what sad? do you have to mm-hmm. you know like you can't relate to us and, and like i've had that experience mm-hmm. so many times like you can't do that like mm-hmm. you have no idea what people are going through mentally you don't see what's happening behind closed doors mm-hmm. no amount of money can make you happy or give you joy mm-hmm. and success w- without like god like what it, it's not going to be a protector for you yeah. you know like yeah. So I love that you said that, Jay, because like even in the Christian sphere, we can look at material things and like um, question people for being unhappy or unsatisfied. But like that's not what we see in the blueprint. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing in the Bible mm-hmm. that sh- says that if you have material possessions, if you have wealth, if you have success, if you have fame, that you will be satisfied. What's the point of God then? Like that doesn't mean anything. You can have all the things and you can still have like this emptiness inside of you because that's something that only God can satisfy Mm -hmm. and resolve. Um, I found the post I was looking for. So this person named Brittany Moss, who's a, what did her Instagram bio say? Mental health, faith, and lifestyle. So she kind of just makes posts relating to those three topics. Brittany Moses made a tweet saying that the story is jarring for many um, because it reminds us that there can be a stark contrast between the cultural image of accomplishment and a person's true inner life. It reminds us that depression can look like success and that the image of success isn't everything, which is really just going hand in hand with what we just said. Um... So they were, they had some, she put some quotes of things that Chesley said when she was being interviewed by several magazines. Brittany Moses in a tweet says, I think it's worth visiting in her own words from her essay in Allure magazine. This is in quotations. Why work so hard to capture the dreams I've been taught by society to want when I continue to only find emptiness? Again, another quote from her. I was rewarded with a lonely craving for the next award. Some would see this hunger and label it competitiveness. Others might call it the unquenchable thirst of insecurity. Know that Chesley Chris is not at all alone in what she felt. There are many high-functioning people who struggle with the dissonance between keeping up with expectation and their own mental health. That's why who's around us and the level of honest support they bring is so important. That's why giving people the space to be human, creating protections around cyberbullying, knowing the sides of suicide prevention, and destigmatizing the conversation about how we're truly feeling, especially in communities of color, is so important. The, there are likely so many layers to her story that we, will don't, we, that we still don't know and may never know that could have contributed to her mental state. And then she goes on to say, so I'm praying for her family. So yeah, basically, I like that because she covered what we're seeing um, key things is that success just because you're successful or you meet what society's Deans you know exactly doesn't mean that you are emotionally successful um also like that it said in her own words she literally said that you, she felt like she would reach a goal and then there was a lonely desire to you know achieve something else and then it was just empty awards and she even labeled it as um, insecurity where some people would label it as competitiveness. And I think just there's so many flaws with our culture. And just one is that continual strive to be doing the next thing. And like, I just think it's a good reminder to all of us that we should be careful not to fall into the mindsets and the ways of this 
our society or even this world yeah. like you don't need to be like look at your motives when you're striving for different things like if yes reach your goals like we said in the first podcast don't be lazy you know if there's things that you have on your heart you want to do do them but look at the motive like for her she was saying it was driven people thought it was you know good to be competitive and to be working hard but if it's the root cause is unhealthy on insecurity mm-hmm. then you need to address that and don't worry about not looking successful to others like you need to focus on your emotions and your thoughts so that was basically our little uh what did i call it bloom and grow breakdown yeah so being that it's february we're going to talk about relationships this month um and so much symbolism in the month of february yeah like may <laughs> is like just sitting here like. <laughs> april showers bring uh may flowers is what they say so i guess may I does have on for march March, yeah. The- March Madness in basketball. That's so weak. Yeah, it's weak though. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about relationships this month. This episode, this month, the entire month. Are we? I don't kind know. Of. Kind of. Mm. Yeah. Just stay tuned. Today's but not what you expect. Yeah. So mm. I'm not talking about like. No, romantic. don't okay. don't break it down. Just yeah. stay tuned. Anyways, today we're gonna talk about some a part of or an aspect of relationships that kind of gets ignored we talk so much about romantic relationships and you know even like where there's been an increased momentum talking about friendships and like peers and stuff not so much about the family so that's what we're going to talk about today um when i was thinking about what we'd talk about all i really want to title this episode you your daddy's son and i think that's what the title is going to be so do you remember that where that's from? The song. There oh I forget right. the name of the challenge. Just dance show was like, um, hey, hey, do it's, your dance, hey, yeah. you ugly, you your daddy son. Obviously, I don't condone you calling people ugly, but just for the purposes of being relevant, you your daddy son. Um so we based might on not call I, the episode that, but we'll see. <laughs> <Jenna's> like, <laughs> yeah, Jay's really are she keeps us grounded, you know level-headed anyway it's what big sisters are for so friends have you heard um about generational curses have you seen people talk about that tune in what they're tuning in right now no i mean you, you made guys. it this far you're the friends but friends listening sure oh i'm weak <laughs> you're talking to me yes i've definitely heard it heard it quite a few times anything Gabs? nope i think what's interesting is I only have heard that term used in the context of obviously like spirituality, spiritual warfare, um, like a very specific setting, church setting. Um, But I've seen how like that term has been used kind of more on a broad scale and not necessarily from Christian people or people who like with any religious affiliations or views or beliefs. But they've been talking about like, I've seen these posts on instagram like you know those white squares with words like you go sis you're out here breaking generational curses um bringing finance have you seen those mm-hmm. Honestly, very much in a- more recent times mm-hmm. i've only really heard that's what i said other people like not christian people speak about it which is quite interesting to me yeah it's interesting it's um, a new wave of spiritualism though. but no what i'm saying is even people who you i know what i'm know, saying is it become has become uh, mainstream spiritualism has become so trendy that people that aren't even spiritual are just picking up things that quote unquote yeah it's just like i don't know how to explain it but it's Mm -hmm. so trendy yeah i i really do believe and it shows that 
um, spiritualism has become more mainstream, you know, in talking about generational curses, breaking generational curses. So let's unpack that. It's like, if I were to ask you, Jay, like, I'm someone who doesn't know much about anything. I come to you. Hey, I've seen this Instagram post that says um, something about generational curses. What would you give us an like? What is a generational curse from your understanding of that term? Or what does that? What does it encapsulate? The term general curses. What are we addressing? What are we talking about when we say that? To me, I think of uh, patterns or mindsets, lifestyles that have been. Like, if you look in your history, they've been carried through. So I, a lot of people will use generational wealth. You can consider that a generational blessing. So say one person, he built up this wealth by doing X, Y, and Z. And he you see it carried on through the family. Like, each person not only takes what they already had, but builds on it to increase for the next generation. So there's that pattern of generational wealth. So that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. Anything to add, Gabs? When I think of uh, generational curses, I just think of like negative cycles that are repeated throughout like like a, fa- like a family lineage, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not going to give examples. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that I think that really does capture it well. Um, and it, it's not, I don't think for the person who's never heard of the term, I don't really think it's hard to grasp what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is very, or pretty much self-explanatory based on just the two words, like generational and curse. Um, what I find interesting is that, like, I don't know, I don't remember if we were even taught about these things, but I do remember having an awareness that general, generational curses are something that you, know, you need to address in a family, you, like just based on, I guess, mommy or mom would be the one. I don't know. I don't remember her teaching me, but I did have an awareness. Like, it's not a new term that I discovered last year. You know, I've, I've mm-hmm. had to understand. for a while. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found interesting is that I've seen a lot of people ch- chime in and say, you know, generational curses aren't biblical. Um, just on the basis that like the Bible doesn't actually say generational curse. So they were saying that's not biblical. And I, w- I was listening to something and I've heard this pastor, he was trying to advocate for the use of the term generational s- stronghold, which I think at that point you're just getting into semantics. But what he was trying to stress is that um, when we use the term generational curse, it's like who cursed you, right? Like you, mm. it kind of, it's like, mm-hmm. there's no, we, when you, think of curse it's like who do you bl- place the blame blame for the curse mm-hmm. uh but with strongholds he was saying strongholds relate to mindsets and ideas yep. and belief systems um and a stronghold is just a result of your own sinful nature versus a curse it's like who cursed you you know yeah. like you're just a sin like you know tr- generational curses are but the generational our- curses are definitely biblical like you can find that term in the bible so mm-hmm. I don't know why someone would say that. No, I'm just but. presenting this argument. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying. saying I agree with that yeah, viewpoint, but I'm yeah. just presenting the argument. So I'm just saying all that to say that you may hear me use generational curse or generational stronghold. Like I said, at that but point, you're coming down to thing, semantics. It's the same thing. And they, it, regardless of what you call it, 
the reality is that we don't talk enough about the negative cycles that affect families and then you know if we don't address them they go on to affect generations honestly this isn't something i think that anyone can argue against we see in psychology people who aren't spiritual can agree with the fact that strongholds and mindsets are passed down for generations Mm -hmm. it's very very simple they might use different words or habits exactly Mm -hmm. but it the same principle exactly yeah and like jay was saying in psychology we learn that your almost not almost majority of who you are is built in your in your home you know Mm -hmm. what you see you copy the habit your experiences yeah your Mm -hmm. experience maybe not the actual home but your childhood experiences and it may not be like blood family but whoever were the people closest to you um, much of who you are is is shaped by the people that raised you, who were around you when you were raised, the home you lived in, the the, the physical environment, and as well as the social um, environment that you come from. Mm-hmm. So just, I want to just pause and emphasize that it's so important that we reflect on our families, other things that we can recognize and talk about it, one, unpack it, and then obviously bring it to God mm-hmm. and deal with it. So um, the same video I was listening to is Dr. Darius Daniels. He was doing a, a Bible study on generational strongholds. Um, and he was saying that when we use the terms like curses or even just how we view generational curses, there's a lot of um, blame sometimes and shame. And you can be like, oh, there's a generational curse of addiction. And he was arguing that it's not necessarily the generational curse of addiction, but the generational stronghold of the mindset that leads to addiction. 100%. So mental oppression, like, right? Because if you know anything about addiction you know yes some there's genetic components to addiction but people for the most part aren't waking up saying i'm going to become addicted to x y and z Mm -hmm. there's definitely um like their mental health is battered and shattered and there's different factors that have led to that so he was saying that that mindset and that thinking that relies you to depend on substances Mm -hmm. substances sorry is the generational stronghold Mm -hmm. it's not so much the alcohol Mm -hmm. in itself but Mm -hmm. what meant like how whatever what you said there's no point in me expanding <laughs> upon it was very self-explanatory but i did want to say yeah. that i like that you're talking about this because i feel like uh now more than ever people are more aware and they're more willing to better themselves and you know mm-hmm. um there's just this new wave of like empowerment and blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 but we do ourselves a disservice when we think that like when or when we don't take our context into um consideration when we want to like quote unquote better ourselves like we're Mm -hmm. very much a product of our environment Mm -hmm. and um we're a product of the homes that we were raised in and Mm -hmm. the parent like whoever raised us you know and if we think that like all i have to do is work on me (laughs) to get better then we're not going to be as effective and like especially coming from a christian mindset like um, I, I don't remember what episode we talked about this in, but yeah, I can't remember. But when we were talking about how, um, like we've all thought that we want to like heal ourselves or do better, blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. we neglect like our families or like, yeah. you know, our, the whole, the environment that we came from. And mm-hmm. it's like very much individualistic. Like I want to better me for me, but mm-hmm. it's like there are people that contributed to the way that you are. And if you need healing, chances are they need healing too. So yeah. it's like, if we really want to adapt like the love of Christ, then it's not yeah. like 
let's just better you like no let's better all of us like if if we're able to like to the best of our ability let's address not just the factors in me but like in all of us and how we all like contributed that's so key this and we'll end up raising generations Mm -hmm. that are healthier and yeah and i think a lot of people are focused more on getting the other generation better he's like i want to make sure i plant this for the future but then we often forget about the past like okay a lot of us still have our parents living Mm -hmm. we still have the people who maybe contributed to some of the stuff they still exist Mm -hmm. and then we should also be thinking about them we often think about the future what can i do and it is a little bit more selfish because it's like what i'm planting for my seed Mm -hmm. um but we forget to actually consider the whole picture and like think back like because here's the thing like your family if you have like family members who are struggling or still have some of the same things that they've passed on to you they can get healing like they're still alive as long as you live there's opportunity for better Mm -hmm. and there's opportunity for change so they should be included in that like package of healing Mm -hmm. if you want to call it Mm -hmm. that that's literally what i was just about to say like if we are saying that there is this trend of generational curses or strongholds or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. then we are a product of the environment that our parents grew up in and Mm -hmm. whatever we're struggling with to some degree they did as well Mm -hmm. so it's like why are you just working on yourself when chances are they need Mm -hmm. some healing as well amen so so good so good because like you said, the trauma that you feel is their trauma too. So mm-hmm. if you say, and I mean, obviously, depending on what generational thing we're addressing, um, there might be a strained relationship between said individual and the right. previous generation. But at the end of the day, if you say you love that person, or let's not say that you say you love them. As Christians, we know we're called to love. Mm-hmm. You can't call yourself a Christian and want to be walking in the love of Christ mm-hmm. and neglect addressing the very real pain that that previous generation may be feeling mm-hmm. and it's so I like and what it you gives, said. makes you give them more grace too mm-hmm. right yeah. definitely when you see people's actions um in the context of the their history it mm-hmm. gives you more grace to deal with what they put you through what they put you through mm-hmm. um but i like what you said gabs about the self-betterment piece because we're all about self-empowerment self-improvement um but self-improvement doesn't is not limited to just us like you said you have to consider the past um but i think like to add to what you said jay i think people do say yeah i want to better myself for my future generations but that's like a lie when you watch their actions and the work they put in it's a lie because yeah you're like i need to i need to move on from let's use the example of someone who's father has hurt them there was a generational habit or cycle or stronghold of like emotional abuse mean words said and it really hurt you i need to move on because i'm living in trauma um and that's it i'm not gonna address how do i speak what words come out of my mouth then you come and you raise your kids and you don't even realize that mm. you're doing the same thing like so do you know yeah, what i'm saying the yeah. actions don't match what you're that's saying true. you're saying i want this line of children i want to do this this and this but you're only focused on healing your hurt you're not focused on changing your behavior. changing your behavior mm-hmm. so we only focus on the wound but we don't focus on that the rehabilitative 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 piece like getting better it's like i'm the wound is gone but there's nothing to get better and healing you know what I mean? takes change like mm-hmm. you gotta change things if you truly want to remain mm-hmm. yeah. in that place of healing i love that you said that actually because um 
it's so dangerous to have like a victim mindset because you can just be f- so focused on like the fact that someone has wronged you or you've experienced like misfortune that you don't you you pay less attention to how that misfortune has shaped you and w- how you've changed and how mm-hmm. that has shaped the way that you think about pe- yourself or you think about other people or you treat other people so if you're so f- like so focused on that you know i'm a victim and well, I'm going to just get my healing, like, and I don't, whatever, then you can sometimes overlook, like, okay, but how did this change me? And what are the things that I need to change about myself so Mm -hmm. that I can walk in that healing and so that I don't continue to perpetuate this negative cycle? Yeah, that's good. So good. Um, So I'm just going to jump back to what we said about, or what I had mentioned about people saying generational curses aren't biblical. I came across this very good verse. Um, Actually, there's a couple. So in terms of just curses in Bible, um, if you know anything about the Old Testament, Deuteronomy is a book that mentions very much, like several times, blessings and curses. So this is Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, the blessings and the curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And I really like this verse because it just, there's no room for a victim mentality with this verse. Um, The author here is saying, you have two choices, life, curses, sorry, blessings and curses. And so you want to choose life. So, by choosing life, you're not you're turning your back to curses. You can't choose life and choose curses, right? Yeah. And there is a choice there. Yes, there's generational things, but the choice comes once you dress, once you notice it, the choice is yours to break it. And that's exactly. a choice. It's not necessarily a choice that you're born into the family you're born into, or it's not you didn't have any say when misfortune happened to you, but you do have a choice to end it that. and to move forward with God. Or to deal you with have, how exactly. you actually handle the misfortune. Yeah. You have a choice to go before god and say god here here it is and i don't want to you know live in the past anymore you can mourn about the past and continually live in a state of emotional pain and hurt or you can choose to step into the future that god is choosing for you and we know what jeremiah 29 verse 11 says we know what the bible says the life god has for us is a life full of purpose do we know what the purpose is not necessarily and does the purpose match man's definition of a glamorous life not necessarily but god has purpose for every person right Mm -hmm. so we the Bible is clear. We choose. We should choose life. We there's a there's a choice in front of us, blessings and curses. And the author is saying choose life. I like that verse. And there's another one. Um, so God was talking to Samuel in terms of moving forward. So I just made it clear that it's a choice. And I like this verse because, you know, it really shows God's response to us. And I think it's easy when things have happened to us, when we recognize these negative cycles in our families, when we've been victims of misfortune, we can be like, why, why? The past is painful. This hurts. Mm-hmm. And this is what First Samuel 16, verse 1 in the Amplified Classic says. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I've provided for myself a king among his sons. Obviously, we're not talking about Saul or Samuel or the context of kings, but I just like the first verse. How long are you going to mourn over Saul? Saul was in Samuel's past. How long are you going to mourn about the past? God, That's a question God's mm-hmm. asking all of us. He He's not denying the pain of the past. He's not denying the family cycles that we see, but he's mm-hmm. asking us, how long are you going to mourn over it? Are you going to be about it or, be, or not? Are yeah. you going to 
make sure that you heal from the pain of the past, that your family heals from the pain of the past, and that you can walk in freedom, or are you going to mourn about it? You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so key that if that has been like your, what you, your heart, what your mouth has been saying, you know, I'm going to move on. Are you going to be about it or you're not like be about it? If that's the, that's that, if that's what you're choosing, you have to be, the, do the hard work of saying God. <laughs> move. Exactly. Get up and move, <laughs> go before God and allow him to, you know, change the things in your family. I think the, a good example of that, I mean, it, like Ari saying, it's not like a direct correlation, but the principle is the same. Um, is the story uh, or the, yeah, I guess the story um, when or the portion of history. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a story. But um, when David's child, when his son died mm-hmm. and mm. he didn't stay in that place of mourning, like, and I'm not going to quote presume to quote the scripture because i don't know the scripture but like basically (laughs) paraphrasing it's like what's the point of mourning Mm -hmm. god made it was god's decision already been decided it already happened i accept it there's nothing i can do to change it and i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna let it burden me and weigh me down Mm -hmm. because i have no control over that but i do have control over my today and my tomorrow well i mean not my tomorrow but i have my control over what i do from this point on Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna allow myself to be stuck in that place of the like of the past yeah so we've been talking about you know the person who's recognizing that their family there are strongholds generationally or cycles negative cycles um what their response should be what their posture should be um but i don't know i think we can give some examples if we'd like to i think the best example i'm not going to pull up the scripture but just going back to the idea, maybe this is you, you still don't think it's biblical, you still think that maybe this is overhyped, and we're just trying to make um, bad situations look good by changing the perspective and adding the Christian gloss and bow to it. No, this is biblical. Um, and we see it in the example of um, Abraham and his wife. <laughs> and then we see the same thing repeated thinking in Isaac. That. You can go ahead yeah. and share it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So Abraham, if you are familiar with the story of Abraham, like if not, please just go to Genesis and read it for yourself. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Went to Egypt and in Egypt, they were just like admiring his wife, Sarah, because she was really beautiful. And they asked him, hey, like, is this your sister? And he was scared because he thought that if he said that it was his wife, they would kill him and take his wife because they wanted his wife. So he just said, um, no, she's my sister. And like he told Sarah, was like, I'm just going to say you're my sister because, I mean, you are my sister. Like it, Sarah was his half sister. Also his wife. But also his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's like, well, we're just, we'll just figure it out after. I just don't want to die <laughs> pretty much. Like. And uh, then, yeah, so she ended up going into Pharaoh because Pharaoh wanted her as one of his wives or concubines, whatever. And um, God had to intervene. God was like, why would you take another man's wife? Yeah. God had to give the heathen king who didn't know God a dream to be like, you have another man's wife. Mm -hmm. You need to give her back. And... Um, when I heard, like, I think me and I listened to the same thing, but you know, you don't often think about Sarah's perspective, right? Like, can you imagine being married to your husband, whatever, and your husband is going to give you away to another man because he's scared for his life? Yeah. 
the guy who was talking about this, he was like, listen, if that ever happened to me, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you're not my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine how that would feel as a woman? Mm-hmm. And then you're in Sarah, um, the Pharaoh's like bedchamber and like, mm-hmm. or like in his house and you're like, what on that, earth? Mm-hmm. Like, my husband you know? didn't stand up for me. <laughs> that right there is your picture of a dysfunctional family. Let's not forget mm. that also be f- or the same couple, you know, Sarah couldn't conceive this infertility there. And then Abraham's like, or Sarah, sorry, Sarah's like, hey, I have this chick. She will have our baby. There's just a lot of dysfunction, dysfunction. in this family. So if you're the listener, it's like, oh, no, my family's too messed up for God. That's not true. No. There's so many yeah. cases in scripture. So many. So many flawed families. So much hurt in families. So much, you know, yeah. things like this. And God still was able to redeem it and use these and people. move through them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously there's dysfunction in that marriage, and mm-hmm. there's this lack of like respect and there's this broken intimacy because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's a huge thing to mm-hmm. do and like that can really shatter like a relationship. Um, so that happens only for obviously they have this son Isaac and um well, what do you think? Isaac does the exact same thing. You know what's so interesting? <laughs> so I, I actually did pull it up like I said, I'm i I'm gonna stick to my word and not read it. But if you want to read for yourself, um when the case with Isaac is in Genesis twenty Genesis twenty six verse one to sixteen, um, and so basically there's a famine and the same sort of thing happens. Isaac says to his wife, um, "You know we're going to go down to what's so interesting is it's the same exact place Gerar, which is in Egypt. We'll touch on that in a second." He says to his wife, "Anyways, his wife Rebecca was very beautiful, and the men of that place in Gerar asked Isaac about her." And then he said, she's my sister because he was afraid to tell them his, it was his wife. So <laughs> that and paste. literally couldn't be a better example. Now, if you're listening, we may say maybe Isaac is just doing this because he was taught by his dad to do it because his dad told the story. Regardless, that is still a generational still thing. passed tossed. down, right? You know, what's key with both stories is that both men were afraid. So there mm-hmm. is that generational stronghold pattern. of fear, mm-hmm. that pattern of fear. And that fear leads to cowardice and lying. Deceit. So mm-hmm. deceit is another one there. Um, it's also very selfish fear. And it, it goes to show... I would, this is me just like interpreting my own thing, but I would definitely think that there were some things, apart from Abraham telling Isaac explicitly the story, I truly believe that Isaac could have watched his parents' relationship mm-hmm. and picked up on that kind of, a little bit of brokenness mm-hmm. there and then probably thought like, cause that's his model of marriage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, that's his only real, like he lives with that. He's like, okay, this is what marriage is like so mm-hmm. i'm gonna do the same yeah. thing because that's what i saw like i don't know any better mm-hmm. well maybe he did but mm-hmm. like he modeled what he saw and yeah continue so yeah and the story follows the same thing there's some god speaking to correct the issue what's so interesting and i think maybe i don't know for me as a kid i've heard the story about abraham i honestly didn't really know about the story of isaac if i'm quite honest or it, it sounded familiar as i read the scripture but I think something that's missed in telling both stories is the fact that they were at the same place. So it's for them, it's a physical place, Gerard. But if you're in a family, your family, if you're in the same mental space, um, mental, physical space, mental space, your response is the same. Anytime you come upon this place, so this place of fear, this place of worry, this place of hardship, if you're being tested, your response is the same from generation to generation. And I think that's something that is a clear sign that this 
is more than just you know learned behavior like there's an element of a spiritual element to it that you need to address and go before god for and i like the story of um isaac because if you know the bible god redeems in both cases god redeems god redeemed isaac god redeemed abraham and i think this should be an example to us for us to introspect what are the things are there places that i go to mentally that you know my previous people in my family have gone to mentally and we all end up at the same place anytime there's hardship or heart you know any sort of test or trial i my out my response is fear my response is depression my response mm-hmm. is heaviness you know i feel tested or the winds of life come and i i'm turned to a recluse you know i'm depressed i have suicidal thoughts whatever it may be and it doesn't have to be something so dramatic it really could just be like a dependence on um others or low self-worth that carries from generation to generation or not, lying yeah or deceit and that's a really good mm-hmm. one like not good to lie but <laughs> good example um so what are the things that you were seeing um and i think this verse is so beautiful when you're coming when you when you want to you know, understand God's redemptive power. And if you're looking at your family and you're like, you know, God, can it be done? And you're looking at the hurt that was caused by maybe your father, your mother, your aunt, your uncle, your siblings. There's a really nice verse um, in Ezekiel 18, verse four. This is Amplified Classic. It says, behold, this is God speaking. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. So God is an intergenerational God. God cares about your family. He made he made it so much of a point that he put this verse in scripture and he made this distinction. The father's soul is his, the son's soul is his. The father may have had um, their, his own struggles and the son has his own struggles, but both souls belong to the Lord. Are the struggles, if the struggles are shared, they're still separate souls and they both belong to God. So it goes back to what we're saying. You cannot address negative cycles in your family, generational curses, without considering the people in your past or the people beyond you in your family. Yeah. God cares about them too. Both souls belong to him and he wants to do the work in our souls, in our hearts and redeem us. Amen. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness. Wow. God is just wow. <laughs> Isn't that wow. that's just Oh wow. my god. No. <laughs> it, is. it is beautiful. Like and that is what you call true love. Like yeah. Hollywood can't capture that in mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. Um okay. So I think it's important for me to just say this. Like Obviously, with the Isaac and the Abraham story, it's very clear. If and if you were Isaac's son and you, let's say they had the Bible there and you heard the story about Abraham, you hear the story about Isaac. If you're the son of Isaac or the daughter of Isaac, you're like, Mm-mm, this sounds fishy. Let me just not let this happen in my marriage. I don't want to be deceitful. I don't want to lie about my my spouse and have this headache. I'm going to stop it here. Sometimes the generational cycles or curses you need to break are not that clear cut and you don't know. So mm-hmm. example being, no, I don't know if this is like biblically correct or if it's semantics. I don't know necessarily what the generational curse, if this is a generational curse, but in our family, there were a lot of people who have cancer. We've seen it. Um, aunts, uncles, grandparents, da, 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 the line, it goes And down. that's a biological thing too. Yeah, it's biological, but I just want to say that it's whether you call it generational curse or not i do believe that you can pray the prayer god this is something that's in my bloodline genetically i'm predisposed to x but i'm coming before you knowing you're a healer right Mm. and i'm going to take authority over this i don't want to see any more cancer in 
my blood, my lifeline, my lifetime, my children's lifetime. Granted, God is sovereign, so you're not de- commanding God to be like, "Hey, not a if G. it was your plan for me to pass away for cancer through cancer, that's scratch it, erase thing. it." You know, but it's mm-hmm. going before God, saying, "I don't want it to happen, but your will." Because be He can block it unnecessarily happening. Like sometimes, because I think there's a difference. Like when it comes to things that mentally are going to hold you back from living a life, like that's not in God's will. Mm-hmm. But God, it can be in God's will for someone who is already, you know, like they've already surrendered their life to Christ, Mm -hmm. that they die a certain way. Um, And it's just like, because obviously precious in God's eyes are the death of his saints. Mm -hmm. So if it's his saint dying, like, and Mm -hmm. they die from cancer, that's God's will, whatever, like who's being harmed from that they're they're going to see him yeah so that's an example we and sometimes knew. he uses that to get other people to get yeah. their act together mm-hmm. and at the end of the day with any prayer it's god's will that's going to be done he's sovereign like you mm-hmm. you don't enter but you do it. your part right. Yes, right like because there's you don't, two things mm-hmm. yeah so go ahead i, I no, guess no, this is good hopefully it comes out proper but like i feel like yeah, people have two approaches when they enter into prayer. They either don't want to because they're afraid that what they're praying for isn't going to happen. Um, and they're just like, okay, I'd just rather not say anything mm-hmm. than not have what I want to happen. Or you enter into, I mean, sorry, not there are only two ways, but like two common. wrong ways. Yeah. Two common wrong ways. Yeah. <laughs> don't do either of these. Um, <laughs> where the second is you're entering into prayer thinking, I'm going to get what I want because I'm declaring it and I have all the faith and la 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 la. Mm. And because I say I've it, been both. <laughs> it's going to happen because I have the faith and I have the authority. When Jesus you have faith, God is going to give you whatever you want. No, like Harry saying, God is sovereign. <laughs> like, yes, you can have faith and yes, you can, you know, boldly ask for things, but at the end of the day, let God be God. Mm-hmm. And it, that, whatever the outcome is it shouldn't degrade that faith and that confidence for the next time Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what the outcome is god wants us to always be approaching him with boldness yeah like ask whatever you want to ask but also know like god if it doesn't happen i'm okay i'm surrendered to you i'm still gonna ask it's not my job to be picky about pick and choose what i want to ask like no my job is to ask whatever according to your word Mm-hmm. And your job is to Be do God. it or do it or do it or not. Like mm-hmm. that's your job. Whether mm-hmm. you do it or not, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. I've done my part and I'm just going to wait for you to do yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do recognize that the example of cancer or illness um, is a bit different from in the case of, you know, like mental things, mindset, strongholds. Um, because those things will hinder you from mm-hmm. walking with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. so. Regardless, you may not know, you may not even have the privilege of knowing your previous generations. You may be an orphan or you may just be someone who's True. really disconnected from your family. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that because you didn't know your uncle struggled with self, low self-worth and your mom did and your aunt did and your great-great-grandma did and, you know, all these different people in your family did that you don't have the right to go before God and say, hey, well, God. Anyways, it stops at me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't so, want to pass this on. Y- mm-hmm. I don't want us to think that, oh, because I don't know that I have to sit here in this torment and, you know, or just wait for something or, bad to happen mm, to know yeah. that I have. <laughs> you, I don't think that's very much not proactive and it's very much stupid. What you can do is go before God and, you know, 
just say, I don't know the patterns of my family. I don't know the struggles that the people in my family had. I don't know what the generational negative cycles are. But God, I do know that I have authority because you died on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to exercise that authority and declare that as of right now, because because of my faith in you, it's going to end here. I will not walk in low self-worth. I will not walk with a, um, struggling with eating disorders. I will not walk with, you know, whatever it is, bad body mm-hmm. image, body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. deception, whatever it is. It ends with me. So I think that's important. Yeah. You don't need to know what it is to go before God in no. prayer. Because and God can show you how to pray. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. we often, I think we often miss that as believers so many times, like, let god actually pray through you like stop just talking so much and just like say god in this moment i just need you to pray through me like let your holy spirit pray through me you know exactly what i need to be mm-hmm. speaking to you about mm-hmm. even though i don't know mm-hmm. and have him lead the prayer like yeah you don't we don't know everything mm-hmm. and we need him to guide us in our prayers because honestly like so much of our so much things are unknown to us mm-hmm. but god knows everything so we can still tap into that if we allow him to pray through us. This episode is not about prayer in any way, but I do think that is one huge reason why we are not seeing people with thriving prayer lives. Because can you imagine, and this is unfortunately what happens sometimes, but imagine if it's like, I don't have the right to talk to God about this because I don't know. Or it's not, it's not I'm not privy to the information. So in the case of, I don't know what the stronghold is in my life, or mm-hmm. I don't know... Like, just because you don't know and don't have the words to say does not mean you can't pray. Like Jay's saying, mm-hmm. you can go into a moment of prayer and ask God to just make it make it clear to you. He speaks to everyone differently. It might just drop in the forefront of your mind. Pray about this matter. Or like you're praying and all you want to talk about or pray to God about is x deception let's mm-hmm. see that is a very clear sign that there's something in your family something that or you know within you. within you like you need to pray that god makes you truthful that the truth of god reigns that you don't walk in deception mm-hmm. um and if nothing comes like you just start worshiping god mm-hmm. and can cultivate the atmosphere for him mm-hmm. like every single day to have an opportunity to speak to you like maybe in one prayer you might not hear anything but you continue to worship god continue to you know surround yourself with his word god will show you like some again sometimes you have to be patient sometimes we think like in the instant god is gonna just like tell us everything or drop it in our spirits mm-hmm. but be patient and do not be wary in doing the things that you know to do in, in well-doing because mm-hmm. god will show up mm-hmm. and I, th- I also want to add that this um this conversation extends to cultural things too 100 you know, um maybe you're come from a culture that was very much oppressed like that's mm-hmm. something that you need to take to god i don't want to walk around With oppressed of mental bondage yeah. i don't want to be a victim of what my peoples have had to endure i don't you know whatever it is every mm-hmm. culture has and a, also exactly. like living in a way that is in response to that exactly because that, that you can live in a victim well. mentality yeah. because your x y and z happened in your family or like they were under like we lose slavery it's black history month and i see it so many times and we see it so many times where like or even if you're indigenous like ariel said from the beginning we have the choice you know we don't have a choice of what happened in the past, but as for what happens in the future, every day we have a choice to make a difference within ourselves that will ultimately change our future and have an impact on the people around us, like going forward. And like so many times we see mm-hmm. people, and I think we've been guilty of it ourselves, to fall under a victim mentality. Think like you can think 
because you've grown up with a lot of family members who have experienced very trauma. like like trauma related to their race and like being taken advantage of mm -hmm. you can walk into situations automatically thinking that that is what people are doing or people are judging you or people have this perception of you when yes it might be true but you know maybe a lot of times it, it isn't necessarily the case but what happens is we end up creating self-fulfilling yes a self-fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. because we end up acting in a way that ends up forcing people to treat us in the way that we thought they were thinking of us in the first place when that wasn't even in the case. Mm -hmm. So we really, that's something you have to break. You know, like I don't want to walk under that mentality. Mm -hmm. I recognize the trauma. I understand what happened in the past, not trying to, you know, disregard that, but moving forward, I want to live free from that mindset. I don't want to put myself in positions where I can make things worse for myself for absolutely no reason, you know? And I think there's an element of, or the world, or even your social and your societal context, your culture, your community, can put this element of shame for even wanting to break that in yourself or mm -hmm. recognizing it. Um, and there shouldn't be any shame. And it, yes, we use example of being black, the trauma of slavery, or if you're indigenous, the trauma of so much that's happened, you know, the stealing of land Bondage and, and slavery, just so yeah. much things, like essentially it's slavery. But it can be as simple as maybe in your culture, like, deception is something that's like not really you know like it's common to tell a white lie or stretch, common, the yeah. stretch the truth or whatever you don't have to feel bad for addressing the flaws in your culture like you can you can still be proud of who you are proud of your culture mm -hmm. and say because there's you know good what, and god, bad to exactly. everything you can say you know what god this defines who i am culturally this defines my you know my cultural community or this is how our people are shaped to think or believe but at the end of the day, I'm a child of God first. Mm -hmm. And I want to walk in the freedom of Christ. I want to have the mind of Christ. And you can't have the mm -hmm. mind of Christ when you're holding on to things culturally or not that are not aligned with that deception, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So it's just understanding that this talk about generational strongholds, general curses, whatever you call it, is not limited so much to your immediate family, which, yes, it could also be in the broader scope of who you are, like where you exist, like in a... I don't know. I was going to say the metaverse, not the metaverse. Uh, where you exist and just like on a, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay. I see a picture in my head, but I can't verbalize. I was going to say like, you know, like the meso, the meso. Wherever you exist on the spectrum of this. Whatever area. community you find whatever yourself. Community yeah, whatever culture, whatever family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't let the negative cycles that have defined your family or even defined you, the cycles that you walk in, don't let it continue to define you. Like I said before, there's a choice. And if you're the person that's listening, you're like, this is giving me a headache because there's so much to unpack here. You know, there's so much in the past. There's so much that I've been a part of, that my family has been a part of, that I've experienced so much trauma that's come to me. You know, I've really been put through the ringer and life has just been lifing. I really like Isaiah for many reasons, but this verse in Isaiah is always going to be just top tier. It's Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. This is in the King James Version, but it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I, this is God speaking, will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I just want to, I heard something that I just think is so powerful. Maybe for you, the former things and the generational cycle is 
related to what people so maybe we'll just use this example education and the generational cycle is just walking but living below your means just not grasping concepts being labeled and that has led you to be labeled by x y and z as stupid delinquent you know um unwanted un uneducated underqualified whatever it takes just as much much faith to believe this word of god that that it does to believe the words people have spoken over you so god is saying he's going to do a new thing it takes just as much faith to believe that god is true to his word and that god will do a new thing as it does to believe that someone the words that someone said to tell you that you're you know unwanted that's uneducated unqualified just think about it that way like, and what it authority do they have to tell you that that wow, you would believe that's it powerful. when you i heard this uh it was christine crane crane <laughs> it was christine kane preaching and she was talking about her own story um she's an orphan and she had a birth certificate there was not even a name on her birth certificate it was just a number birth number x out of several thousands for that year um no name, so she was unwanted. That's the first document she showed. The next one was her school document. Like this child, you know, would do better if she didn't come to this sort of learning environment. She doesn't belong here. Mm. Un doesn't belong here. Unqualified. And then there's a uh, document her manager had written about her when she was in school doing like a placement co-op type thing, and it was basically saying she's underqualified. And she showed those. And she's like, I have every reason to not be walking in God's truth right now. This mm. is the person I was told I am. Mm. But I want to let you know that it takes just as much faith to believe what no That's name said true. on this paper. It was the gov government. <laughs> it was government papers. So like a birth certificate from the government, mm -hmm. schools, government. But it takes just as much faith to believe these words as it does to believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the soul of the father and the soul of the son belong and matter to God. That I can choose to walk in blessings, not curses. That I will make that choice. That God will make rivers in the, in the desert. Like, I love that. I'm just like, if we saw life like that yeah. we would really it would change it would change how i think we it's respond. that that goes back to a fundamental under fundamental understanding of who god is like if you truly grasp who god is why on earth would you value man's word over his mm -hmm, yeah. you know what i mean like why would you choose to listen to what like your teacher mm -hmm. or like what your friend had or what even your parents or your siblings or aunts and uncles said to you why would you take their words over the living god yeah who literally like created everything and has all wisdom and understanding can see into the future has the power to change the things that are impossible mm -hmm. And make them like literally make a way in the wilderness and turn and get, put rivers in a desert. Like that's a God that you serve. Yeah. Why would you take his words and put them at the wayside? And I like that. Sorry. Can say something? I also like that whole idea of seeing that if you view things, this takes as much faith as this does, you know, listening to man as it does listening to God. I think I like that also because it, it overcomes the element of, oh, I don't have enough faith to approach God in this matter. Yes, you do. You have enough faith yeah. to believe man. You have enough faith to believe God. Amen. Do not overcomplicate it. We all have faith. We have faith every day we, we turn do. the light on. That yeah. We believe the light will turn on. So it's not a matter of not having faith. That faith is misplaced. Yeah, it's misplaced. But also it's like you don't want to be stretched. You want comfortable faith. You have faith. Your faith is just comfortable. And God's trying to stretch you and see, will you put him at his word? Will he be God yeah, in your life or not? True. You already have faith. Because a lot of times what men are saying to you 
you it kind of already exists so like say like in her case there's an element of truth so you can see it to some extent so like in her case the teacher is saying she shouldn't be in this class she obviously would have felt herself struggling in certain areas Mm -hmm. she would have seen to some degree that there's a difference between her and the other classmate so there's an element of and if you're thinking when you turn the light switch on you can reason it out you can say you know i know that they wired it Mm -hmm. there's wires in there you know like i know it's gonna work there's an element of i can see what they're saying Mm -hmm. i can reason it out with god you have to be like sometimes it doesn't even make any sense and you can't even see what he's seeing but you still have to believe. Mm-hmm. But it goes, anyways, what Ariel is saying is true. If you can just choose to put your faith in God instead of man, if you can put faith in man, then you can exactly you can put faith in God. Mm-hmm. Just choose to divert that energy that you're putting into believing what other people are saying and put it into the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I feel like people don't want to get over the hump of like relearning truth like because you're so conditioned you believe something for so long like if you go with christine kane's example of like low self-worth you've lived your entire life believing that you're nothing or whatever that you're ugly or that you're not smart enough it's like all of a sudden i'm supposed to flip a switch and (laughs) now i'm smart now i'm beautiful now i'm worthy yeah you just need to <laughs> you just need like it's all even in your you, mind even if you don't believe it when you're first saying it just keep saying it till mm-hmm. you believe it and it may seem like you're listening and we kind of went on a tangent but it all ties back because this relates to negative cycles regardless we don't know what the negative cycle is for your family but let's just again go back to the the example of emotional abuse those words spoken may not come from teachers it may come from your very family and it may have been taught from your father's father regardless there's truth in god's word about who you are and that's the truth that you should be claiming Mm -hmm. over yourself um and i just really want to stress that god is a god that can make ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and impossible i read this verse and i love it and i know i love it and sometimes you can read it and you're like yeah yeah yeah." but like think about it rivers in the desert (laughs) Do you know what a desert is? Like God said, I don't care what family mess, what junk you bring to the table. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I will put and what is a river? What is water symbol? It's a vital, it brings life. Mm-hmm. It brings exactly and it's a river, yeah. not a lake. It's moving, yeah, it's, it's moving. running, it's you know, it's thriving. Not, I'm not putting it's stagnant not waters, I'm not putting ponds, I'm putting yeah. rivers from which you can draw from. When God blesses, it's bless a blessful he blesses fully. I like that too, because uh, it kind of goes back to what Janelle was saying, or I don't know who it was, but I think it was Janelle. Um, anyways, about how people, uh, it they might it might be hard for people to speak in faith because like there's truth in that lie, um, in their current reality, mm-hmm. and like what you said is kind of just going back to that point, but saying even if there's truth in your now don't be limited by that and don't Mm -hmm. stay there like yeah you might be in a desert right now you might be in a wilderness right now but when you like adopt a posture of faith and you walk in that faith you get you have the opportunity to partner with god and then Mm -hmm. god gets up into that picture and he can turn what was very much a desert what was very much wilderness what was very much if we go back to christine kane's example Mm -hmm. 
you she was oh, i don't know but anyways you were very much unsuccessful and um you know failing class and you know you weren't doing well performing well academically and that could be your reality but when you adopt a posture of faith and you put that faith into action you partner with god you can't tell me that god is not going to change that 100%. situation around no He's child gonna, of god should be a is, failure exactly mm-hmm. he yeah that could be your past and that that could be could have been your reality but that's not going to be your resting place mm-hmm. Amen. that's not going to be your future Amen. and there's one more verse i like um psalms 27 verse 10 we're talking about families and we kind of we cover generational strongholds whatever and i've we kind of, I don't know if you can tell, we moved on to talk about negative cycles and just, just family mess, family drama and dysfunction in general. Um, and there's this beautiful verse. And like, I don't know, every time I find scripture, I'm just amazed that people think the Bible is just not relevant. Like it, <laughs> it covers whatever you need. Okay. Psalms 27 verse 10. When my father and mother forsake mm-hmm. me, the Lord will take me up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your reality is. Or, and I, I hope it is very clear that, yes, we're speaking on this, but we're not denying the very real pain that comes from family trauma, family baggage. Like, to be forsaken by your father and mother, those are people that were there supposed to protect you, take care of you, love you. And I can't imagine how painful that would be. But the Bible says when that happens, not if it happens, but when, you know, Mm. like, so talking to someone who it's it, not the possibility the person that it has happened to when it happens or when it had happened the lord will take you up god saw that f- for whatever happened what what you know when your parents forsake forsook you mm-hmm. you know you're being forsaken and he still was there he's watching and he will take you up you the reason why scripture doesn't become real to us is because we have to accept it as truth first like you may be thinking god I'm, or you may have heard the verse, you're like, mm, not really feeling taken up right now. You know, God didn't take me up. I still feel forsaken. But accept it as truth and just watch how you will feel the embrace of God. And I just, I don't know. My point at the end of the day is, one, families can be messed up. Two, in our work to better ourselves, we should not neglect our families and our past. Three, you need to do that introspection. Go before God. Make sure that you're not taking part in what is very much a negative cycle Four, go before god about generational strongholds that you may know may not know and take authority over it and cut it for future generations exactly when we say exercise authority just basically saying that as a child of god you have the right to go before him you know you can come boldly before the throne of grace so you can find mercy in time of need but basically you don't you're not going timidly to god like hey god it's me I mean, I don't know if I have the right to ask you about this or to break this in my life. No, go boldly. God, this is a pain in my family and I'm tired. This hurts. It's an element of desperation as well. And you Mm -hmm. see it so many times when people get desperate, Mm -hmm. they do whatever they have to do to touch Jesus and to have him intervene Mm -hmm. in their situation. And Mm -hmm. every single time God answers. Yeah. So basically. Oh, I thought there was uh, number six. What was I saying? I don't even remember number five. Um, Number six, I feel like would be um, like swapping those lies for God's truth. Yes. Like just walking in faith. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't believe whatever it is that the Bible says about you, whatever it is God says about you, continue to Mm -hmm. walk in that. Mm -hmm. Continue to meditate on those words, on those truths. Swap those lies out for the truth of 
God's word and you will, like Janelle said, over time begin to find it easier and easier and you will see change because Mm -hmm. God's not a man that he should lie. I know change is going to come. Yeah. And also just based on Jay singing that, that reminds me of the cultural piece too. Whatever your cultural upbringing is, your where you come from, assess that too. Is that playing a part in your mindset? Your whatever, you know, and go to go before God with that. You know, in Black History Month, we want to be proud of being Black. Mm-hmm. We are celebrating that, but we are not denying the fact that there is some really painful stuff in our mm-hmm. history that we don't even we may not even know has shaped the way we view life. And mm-hmm. we can go to God with that. I want to be proud of being black. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, be shy about that. Be proud of being black, but also see God. If I'm holding, if there's things that have been taught that yeah, I'm even not And I'm one not thing even, is colorism. That would be a mm-hmm. good example. Yeah. Like it's taught in a lot of cultures and Asian cultures as well. Mm-hmm. That's not something God wants you to have. Mm-hmm. Every single child of God is equally beautiful and valuable, mm-hmm. regardless of what shade they are, regardless mm-hmm. of how light or dark they are. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the culture would continue to perpetuate this idea that the lighter you become, the more valuable you are. Mm-hmm. So that's one example. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good example. Just at the end of the day, I think... And then, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. But I just hope that people, like, well, in Jesus' name, you're going to pray. But yeah, that people are able, they don't see these things as abstract concepts or they just like completely brush over this episode and Mm -hmm. say not relatable because those things like colorism, those trickle down. Like, um, for example, like I can say, like, as a darker, a person of darker Mm -hmm. skin tone, how did colorism shape? me and how I acted and interacted with the world, Mm -hmm. very much insecure, very much shy, timid, Mm -hmm. um, very like just self depreciative Mm -hmm. okay so we're taking something abstract and you can think well colorism is not like like I don't (laughs) what am I gonna do pray for God to stop colorism I'm like okay no no just take it (laughs) it starts to see how Things that have become norms in your culture or in your family have mm-hmm. shaped the way that you veer yourself and the way mm-hmm. that you act. So for me, yeah. it very much affected mm-hmm. my self-esteem. And that's those are things I can change. I, yeah. I mean, I can't control my culture. And I, I have limited influence over my culture in the sense that we don't live in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. So we can't aspire for perfection here. That's yeah. never going to happen. That's something that we'll, we'll only be able to experience and encounter in heaven. But what I do have control over is how my world affects me and how yes, I yes. live. So like I have authority over the way I see myself mm-hmm. and the way that I act and i present myself and i I don't need to walk like i'm a victim or i'm lesser than how you in turn treat other people exactly Mm -hmm. yeah that's the other way so that's Mm -hmm. i'm talking about how Mm -hmm. i view myself Mm -hmm. but also the 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 experiences that we fit that we've lived Mm -hmm. and the cultures that we are a part of also influence the way that we treat others and we interact with the world and that's what i'm hoping like we that everyone that's listening to this conversation doesn't just stop here but that we take the time to see like how our circumstances how our life experiences have not just shaped the way we view ourselves Mm -hmm. but the way that we act and the way that we interact and how Mm -hmm. we need to maybe change those things and bring those things to god in prayer because Mm -hmm. he does want to change us and Mm -hmm. make us better Mm -hmm. amen i think the moral of not just this episode but every episode is involving god inviting him to be a part of every part of your life every part because only then will he like 
who would have ever thought hey god i'm gonna we need to have a i need you to be a part of how i how colorism for example that's not taught in church or like in or you know Hmm. when we're talking about spirituality it's not something we address but god wants to be a part of everything he your family everything everything your mind he wants to be a part of everything and what gabby said is so good where are they going with this my brain is I was going to say something. I guess well, God has said everything <laughs> that you've already needed to hear in this episode. Yeah. But, Ari, you can end with prayer. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm going to pray about it. I guess that's why I remembered. But just that God would make us introspective and critical thinkers. Because a lot of the 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 work that God wants to do in us requires, on some part, our introspection and our ability to, like Abby said, take these bigger concepts and hone in on our individual lives, our minds and our thoughts and, you know, our daily experiences. And that's something that maybe you, you may struggle with, but that doesn't make it off off limits for God. God can make you a critical thinker so that he can better you. There's no being more like Christ without first understanding that, hey, I need to know myself to know what I need God to fix and come before him and address. And, you know, God can't heal what you hide from. I mean, he can, but there's, he wants you to come before him. So Mm -hmm. you're not hiding things from him so he can heal it. Mm -hmm. Or even to Janelle's point, like even just showing up, (laughs) getting into that place Mm -hmm. where you allow, where you're in the presence of God. He, and he has the freedom to speak to you. You might not know everything, Mm -hmm. but just showing up and saying, hey, God, Does a lot. show yeah. me where I need to pray. Show me how I need to pray. Show me what I need to fix. You know, it, that changes everything. Yeah. And on that note. I okay. Am. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for the blessing of life. We thank you um, for another month and this month specifically Black History Month in this conversation. Thank you that you've allowed us to see this and to you know, understand for ourselves and see how you are a God that restores. I thank you that your word is very clear that you care about every part of the human experience. You care about the Father as much as you do the Son, Lord. And I thank you that you've made it clear that it's a choice. So I pray today that every person would be empowered to no longer dwell on the past. You know, you asked Samuel, how long will you mourn over Saul? And I believe you're asking all of us, how long will we mourn over X, whatever it is in our past, in our families? Because you are God who is very much a God that can make things new. You know, I believe that you want to make ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert for each listener in their families, in their relationships and how they view themselves and their walk with you. God, I pray that you'd help us to, you know, not shy away from coming before you where you can shine your spotlight on us. You can make us introspective. You can allow us to break down these big topics and see how it impacts us in our day to day. I believe that you want to do something great in families, Lord. I thank you that you're God that redeems and restores. I thank you for breaking every generational cycle stronghold and curse lord in the listeners lord jesus they may not know what their family lineage is all about god but what we do know is that you are a god that you say we can come boldly before your throne of grace to find what we need lord and we thank you god for being a restorer being a healer and changing us and transforming us ultimately giving you giving us your mind and thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen 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 blue make royal Thank you.